everyone, this is Sarah with Corn Fed Witch here for more, more witchiness. And once again, this is a beginner's podcast, but I feel like someone who's advanced may use it as a refresher. I provide introductions that are clear and simple for the most basic of practitioners about core concepts about witchcraft. Right now I'm doing a series about tools or the most popular tools used in Wicar witchcraft and they are the athame the chalice the pentacle and the wand and this is the, the final one in that series it is about the wand and that's what i'm going to spend the first part of this podcast talking about and of course i'll go into my weekly weekly correspondences and the weekly tarot card now, if you're like me, you're working from home, unless you're essential or in the healthcare profession, which I am very appreciative of those people in those fields, because this is a trying time, this is a major historical event, and we have to be there for each other. I wish if you, if you are sick, please stay home if you can, and... We'll get through this. I know we will. Anyway, so on to the wand. So it's much similar to the athame, whereas you can use the direct energy and it's really phallic, to be honest. Instead of being with fire, though, the wand is commonly associated in most traditions with air. It can also be associated with fire, depending on what tradition you use. But I use it for air. And I'm here to talk to you and give you a brief introduction about it. So today's information comes basically from wickaliving.com. And I'm just going to read you what they have here. Like the broom and the cauldron, the one is iconic symbol of witches in fairy tales and contemporary culture alike. Used in religious and magical rites dating back to the ancient Egyptians, the wand came into use in Wiccan ritual through the influence of ceremonial magic. Of course, despite all the depictions of popular culture, it is not the wand that causes magical transformation, but the practitioner who charges the wand with personal power. Like the athame, it is used to direct energy, but in a somewhat more subtle, gentle manner, in the swiftly decisive knife. The wand is often used in Wiccan ritual to evoke the goddess and god, and may be used to draw magical symbols in the air or on the ground. It can also be used to draw the circle within which the ritual or spell work is performed. Also like the athame, the wand is a linear projective shape, and so is sacred to the god, if you adhere to the traditional polarity of the male and female. The wand is associated with the element of air in some traditions, due to its association with trees, and because it is often waved in the air. Other traditions associate with fire because it is traditionally seen as an agent of transformation. Whether you ascribe to the, the wand to fire and athame to air or vice versa will depend on the tradition you're following. If you're practicing as a solitary eclectic, then go with what feels correct to you. This, is, this section is called Finding Your Wand. Wands can be any length under 12 inches or so, or if it, I personally, I want to interject here, if it feels better to have a longer one, like 14, I think that's The ones can be any length under 12 inches or so, about the length of your forearm or shorter, and can be made of various materials. 
There are some very beautiful wands available at Wiccan or New Age shops, made from glass or pewter, with ornate carvings and crystal points affixed to the end, and even short wands made from a narrow length of polished gemstone. However, the wand is traditionally made of wood, especially from oak, hazel, elder, and willow trees, and many Wiccans prefer their wands to be as close to nature as possible. You can find these more rustic wands available for purchase as well, but it's also a great idea to go out and find your own. If you have access to a wooded area or even just a tree in your backyard, you can venture out with your sixth sense sharpened and ready to sense just a tree and just a branch, where your wand is waiting for you. Keep an eye out for fallen branches or twigs on the ground around the tree as it's preferable to harvest them that way rather than cutting into a living tree. If you do feel called to gather a live branch, Ask permission from the tree and wait until you feel an affirmative response from your higher self. If this doesn't happen or you get a negative feeling, move on to a different tree. Use your boleen, which is a, a, a knife used to harvest herbs. Use your boleen or another knife that you have cleansed and consecrated for this purpose. Be sure to thank the tree for sharing its energy with you as you retrieve your new wand. It's good to bring along a small offering a pinch of herbs, milk, or honey to leave at the base of the trunk. And some urban options. If, like many, you don't have access to much in the way of a grove or a forest, then consider purchasing a wooden dowel from a craft store. These, like branches you find outdoors, may be decorated however you like. You can carve symbols, affect gemstones to the tip, wrap the base in ribbon, or apply stain to darken the color. Many people believe the handmade wands made by the person who will be using it are more powerful than store-bought ones. At the end of the day, however, it's up to you. So be patient and use your intuition, and the right, the right wand will present itself to you when you are ready. Now, I personally, I would like my wood to be made out of rowan wood or European mountain ash because my last name is Rowan. I've had, I understandably have that connection to it. And also, ash is much softer. My athame is made out of ash, and I feel like that's also good. But really, any wood that calls to you, you can use. And I do, well, for urban witches, I do strongly suggest that you maybe make your own as well, or reach out to a local business or a small business that does commissions and have them make it for you. If that's something you want to do, if you're not skilled, in woodworking. I, I know a couple people who will, who will do that. It's really whatever feels right to you. I know people who have amethyst or quartz attached to the ends and those help direct energy. But it's, it's really, really what you want. All right, so moving on, I feel like I should add more about wands, but I think we'll discuss some more, or yeah, discuss some more when we go into the tarot cards that pertain to wands. But anyway, moving on to our correspondences of the week, I of course wanted to select correspondences. The, like herbs and gemstones that are associated with air. So the, our first correspondence of the week is is coming from Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Crystal Gem and Metal Magic. And it is 
pumice. Its energy is projective. This plant is mercury. Its element is air. Its powers are easing, childbirth, banishment, protection. Magical uses. Pumice, a volcanic product, is a curious substance. Light and rough to the touch. One soap boasts it. One soap boasts it contains pumice to help in cleaning dirty hands. It also possesses the unique property of floating on water. At one time, pumice was pressed into the hands of women during childbirth or worn to ease the passage of new life into the outside world. A banishing spell. Take a piece of pumice and hold it in your projective hand. Visualize the problem you wish to be rid of, a damaging habit, a negative emotion, physical ailment, or unrequited love. While holding the stone, through your visualization, send the energy that is behind the problem into the pumice. You might imagine it as streams of thick black smoke that consistently of molasses flowing to light porous stone. Then throw the pumice into a lake, stream, the ocean, or any body of the water. As it hits the water, it releases the problem and its root causes into the element. Floating on the surface, the pumice strengthens your ability to rise above any and all negative conditions. If you do not have access to bodies of water, fill a large basin or bucket of water, bucket with water and perform the ritual. Then pour the water, stone and all, onto bare earth. Pumice can be also placed on the altar during protective magic or in the home as an amuletic sponge. Empower it with the property of absorbing negativity. So there you have it. Pumice is a nice air, air stone. And I find it really appropriate because it does float in water. So it's so full of air that it floats with water. And I've heard that spell referred to or used with amethysts as well as putting all the negativity into the amethyst and throwing it and letting it shatter. So it's really interesting that it's much similar in that way. So moving on to the Encyclopedia Magical Herbs, or that's the book I'm using by Kyneham again, and I'm so happy that this book is being used in my herbalism class. So excited. I get to actually take kind of like a Harry Potter-esque potions course, and I get to do some divination, make some teas, sachets, and all that. So, I'm going to, I'm going to, I chose bergamot, so I'm going to read both the orange and the wild. So, orange bergamot. Folk names are bergamot, orange mint, its plant is mercury, its element is air, powers, money, Magical uses, the leaves of the orange bergamot are slipped in the wallets and purses to attract money. Fresh leaves are also rubbed onto money before spending it to ensure its return. Also used in success rituals and spells. And there's also a second version of bergamot, which is called wild. Well, it's bergamot, or like wild bergamot. Its horse names are, <laughs> its horse names, its folk names are horse mint, Bee Balm, Monarda. Its element is air, of course, and its power is clarity. Magical uses. Wild bergamot can be used to bring clarity and good working order to the surface of any situation. So there you have it. Some correspondences that correspond to air. And you notice that there's all those floaty floaty attributes to attributes to it because they're all flighty and they're flying. 
which is very appropriate given the nature of air. Air also has a lot to do with intellect, so you're going to see it associated a lot with different different types of spells that focus on maybe figuring out um, well of course I don't want to say just intelligence but maybe trying to find or using more reasoning like if you're trying to do divination that will help you work through a problem you might see a lot of air turn up in in that reading. Which leads me to our tarot card of the week. And this is the chariot. This naturally comes off after the the lovers. We're do, still doing the, the major arcana. And this is coming from the Thos tarot, which of course is Alistair Crowley's famous deck. And this is the book I got with that deck that is Done by Evelyn Berger and Johann, Johannes Feiberg. So the chariot. The chariot says you may venture into something. The armor is a hard shell, and the content of the large chalice or bowl at the center of the pitcher is a soft core. Unconscious, flexible eye results from the connection of limitation, armor, and openness, the open cup, and awakened eye developed by experiences. One has to encounter, experience, or dare to do something. The sphinxes do not pull the chariot, they just lie in front of it. The mysteries of the day prepare the way for tomorrow. You will find your own perfectly appropriate way if you take the way of desires. This opens itself up in the question, which wishes are useful and which are not? Which fears are justified and which are not? As long as you look for them in practice, the answers, in practice the answers found, Everything you are doing is worthwhile, even if it might be connected with troubles or detours. Conversely, the finest achievements remain worthless if you do not help yourself along the way of the along the way of desires. If it shows up in a love reading, accept yourself and your neighbor with all your strengths and weaknesses, even with all the imperfections and enigmas. But protect yourself from people who cannot or do not want to see their contradictions. If it shows up in a Happiness reading. Hi, Abby. Abby voiced her displeasure. She doesn't like how I'm using the computer and I'm giving her attention. So if it shows up in a happiness reading, the way of desires is the way of fulfilling meaningful wishes and the abolition of unjustified fears. The best way to end in happiness. If it shows up in the success reading, it's the key to success. Be strong and fair in dealing with yourself and others. So, like the picture suggests, which on the card suggests, it's a chariot, which means you're you're like you're getting ready to move. Ready, it's a method of transportation. So you're on your way. You're in transition to the next step. And I look forward to showing transitioning to the next tarot card next week. And hopefully we've been, the universe is in a better state of mind, or the country. Because this coronavirus is serious. And we need to take care of each other. We don't need the panic. We don't need to buy up all the toilet paper. But we need to 
have a little bit more caution and look out for our neighbor. We are all connected. And if we're not looking out for each other, then that just creates more sickness and it just creates more problems in the world. So I hope you stay safe and stay at home. So now you have going back to air. So now you have an understanding of what tool to use that symbolizes air. And that concludes our series or my series on magical tools or they're very basic ones because there's other things like the bowling that I touched on today or the censer with this incense. There are things. Other traditions have different tools that are used. Solomon, Solomonic or Enochian rituals. They use different colored swords. They use a plethora of pentacles. And some traditions use like a speaking stick. It really depends on what works best for you. So all about adaptation, there's not just one path to, to enlightenment. And so with that, I do want to thank you for tuning in. Remember to send your witchy antidotes and witchy whatevers to cornfedwitch at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at, at cornfedwitch. You can also check out my Patreon, which is also Cornfed Witch. Surprise! So this has been great. I know it's a little bit shorter of an episode, but I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you stay safe and enjoy your quarantine. And once again, my name is Sarah. I want to thank you for tuning in. Merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. Blessed be.